At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Truth. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular. What in the name of Crom is a Stafford Murgatroyd Spectacular? Uh, I think you mean the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular. And I'm actually glad you asked for one. See, Stafford Murgatroyd won a contest a while ago, and his request was for an episode. uh, And he wanted it to be anything on New Zealand, where he is originally from. He said, just name it the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular. So we're naming this episode just that, the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular. I feel like the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular is going to be a great episode. Me too. I have been looking forward to the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular for weeks. What the fuck? And Shithead knew about this also and I didn't. And why the hell do you keep saying Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular over and over? And now I am doing it. I hate you all. Just as long as you don't hate the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd <laughs> Spectacular. Here, here. <laughs> so we are broadcasting the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular from the lower fourth dimension, also known as Chicago, with a layover in parts unknown, snowy Colorado. I'm David Flores, Brent Hand. Yep. The bots are here because God hates us all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, forget the lower fourth. Forget Colorado, all that stuff, though, because like we said before, we are headed to the land of the long white cloud. Aotearoa. A.K.A. Middle Earth. A.K.A. the island of Kiwis, if you will. Anu. A Zealand. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Fuck the old Zealand. Uh, out with it. Even old New Zealand was. Hey, no, wait, no. Um, <laughs> now, not just any Kiwi story. All right, it's UFOs again this week because this is Hysteria Fifty One. We got to get back to our roots, uh, the roots of the Kiwi in tree. The sky. Yep, in the far off land of New Zealand's South Island. Kaikoura, Kaikoura. I believe I'm saying that right. I even listened to like. The pronunciation on Google and then the local people saying it, it didn't sound the same. So we're just rolling with it there. You're going with Kaikoura? Yeah, Kaikoura is what I'm saying. You can call it okay. whatever your little heart desires, sir. Um, <laughs> or Well, I guess we're not saying Kaikoura exactly, but the sky is above it. And uh, the name, well, well the, the, the media gave this event is, wait for it. The Kaikoura Lights. So super original. Whoa. I know. Yeah. But hey, this was the late 70s and Australia, New Zealand, and that part of the world were in the throes of UFO fever. Uh, so you had to name stuff quick so you don't get to uh, be sued. They're all named that way. 
Most of them. I mean, you know, this is no, I mean, I don't want to split any hairs here, but there's no Stafford, William, Mortimer, Murgatroyd spectacular. This is just the Kikora lights. So, you know. Ease up on the the (laughs) brakes. I've been to New Zealand, loved it. Absolutely gorgeous country. Um, And Kikora, Christchurch, pretty much the eastern edge of the South Island, all the way down to Dunedin. Um, I, I, but that was not where we went. We went west. Yeah. On that island. Uh, so I'm not familiar with this uh, section of stuff, but um, that's I'm cool, sure though. It's, uh, I mean, gorgeous. at least you've been there. That's really cool. I got a buddy from high school who's living there now. He's in the army and he does um, research in Antarctica. But he lives in New Zealand. What a tough gig for like a few days a month he has to be in Antarctica and then he lives in New Zealand paradise for the rest <laughs> of the year. So should I join the army? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So shout out to Yuri out there in the uh, the down under areas. But yeah, uh, we're dealing this week uh, with a series of UFO sightings that occurred in December in the year of our Lord, 1978. And I want to point out that is one year, well, just less than one year prior to one of the most uh, significant achievements and moments in human history. The the cold fusion that created Brent. Hand. <laughs> That's I I was birthed into this world through a scientific <laughs> experiment uh, <laughs> called love. <laughs> anyway, uh, so like we said, it was in the skies above the Kakura Mountain Ranges in the northwest, uh, northeast that is of New Zealand, South Island. We said that, but the first sightings were made on December twenty first when the crew of a Safe Air LTD cargo aircraft began observing a series of strange lights around their plane. Then they had to change their name. <laughs> Uh-oh. The, uh, the what the shit air, LTV. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? For all you plane lovers out there, they were flying an Armstrong Whitworth AW660 Argosy aircraft, famous for having one of the longest names <laughs> in the That's right. World. Check that one off, you bingo cards, oh, assholes. Oh, man. <laughs> These lights were reported to have tracked along with the aircraft for several minutes before disappearing <laughs> and then reappearing elsewhere as those weird lights in the sky are one to do. This UFO, or I, I guess I should say UAP, UAP nowadays. Um, Get it right. Yeah. Was said to be very large and they described it as bigger than a house Uh-oh. for those keeping tabs at home. Travis, yours was bigger than that, right? You know, this thing was so huge. It was, you know. Bigger than a Walmart. Noted. Uh-huh. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, it did have five white flashing lights, they said, that were visible on the craft. Is it weird to you, David, that these craft have lights? Like, they're from another planet, but let's have flashing lights for safety. Or do you look at that and, like, that's part of their propulsion we don't understand? Or where does your I, head go? I think that's a very good point. If If they're interstellar and stuff, there's a lot of assumptions that I could make about that kind of civilization where they would have some way to measure their environment from the inside. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do need light. Maybe we all need lights to see what's going on uh, outside of our respective crafts. I don't know, but for propulsion, they don't seem, I mean, what do I know? But (laughs) would, would pulsing lights um, that, that I don't, I, it, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, Your maybe, brain goes, oh, maybe oh, pulsing lights is the, the way they get around. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, who knows? But no, I think that's a fair question to ask. <laughs> he thinks we use pulsing lights. <laughs> he probably doesn't even know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was on Etsy the other day and I saw they were 3D printing little trays to go above your toilet paper and to put three <laughs> seashells on. And it's very hard for me to not order one. And I know that Why Lisa not? will have no idea what it is. And I just want to then be like, you don't even know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> I that that's so amazing that that has stuck around. Uh, just of everything they could have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that movie, not critically well received. No, <laughs> but no. the three seashells—that is meme worthy, <laughs> even in twenty twenty three. Right. Back to this. So here's another uh, cool part. Some of the witnesses say they could see some little discs drop. From the UFO and then disappear. Were they gelatinous blobs to spread disease? Doubtful. Maybe drones. Maybe something else. Did you taste them or are you just guessing? Uh, you got me there. I am just guessing. I know you're you're hoping <laughs> for more blobs. We don't have enough blob I, um, stories on this show. I mean, that anybody could say that, Brent. That is anybody true. Anybody in the world. I just, it, it sounds like they're, they're just intergalactic uh, litter bugs. Yeah, they're just like take your fucking lights with you. <laughs> it was it looked, put them in the it, light bin. <laughs> yeah, don't you I even don't know why? I feel like I'm very foul mouthed today. They were right? dropping their Kim toilet over New Zealand and just uh, <laughs> boots scooting on they, they just they they poop light. Yeah, <laughs> maybe That's... maybe silicon based light. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I heard it on Star Trek. The pilots described some of these lights to be like we established with the help of Mr. Walton, uh, the size of a house and others small but flashing brilliantly. And also, this is important part of the account. These objects are at least something in the area appeared on the air traffic controller radar in Wellington and also on the aircraft's onboard radar. Not something you get all that often, uh, no. which is corroborating evidence that something was awry. And then get this shit. Just a few days later, on December 30th of 78, television crew from Australia recorded background film for a network show of interviews about the sightings. They wanted to get up, and what they, they kind of said they wanted to do was, let's jump on this plane, because they do the, the plane delivers newspapers, all right? They do this run, the same run, over and over again, back and forth. These people are like, well, let's get up there. We'll film it, and then we'll do, like, a recreation. You can tell us what happened. And uh, they had reported their findings, these pilots, and it kind of caught the attention. That's why these reporters were on there just a few days later. Now, remember, this was UFO fever down there. These weren't ufologists. They were just local news people that were covering mm -hmm. the story. Then for many minutes during this flight to Christchurch, unidentified lights were observed by five people on the flight deck and they were tracked by Wellington air traffic controllers and filmed in wait for it color by Whoa. the television crew. What are the Jesus, fucking chances, what are, man? What are the chances? You know, for real though, that, that they would, uh, let's go for this and just do a recreation. Nope. There it is. Wow. Uh, and for those of you at home, uh, you have to take a moment to appreciate this. Uh, Brent has written the word color in italicized, <laughs> colorful, Roy G. Biv <laughs> technicolor right on the page here, right on the hey, notes. It when, is when literally you make, in color. When you make bullet points, you got to make sure that they stand out. <laughs> the <laughs> color! I, I thought it was funny. The reason I put in color is everywhere I look, they'd always say, they filmed it in color. And half of them are from over there, so it says Kalur. <laughs> we filmed in Kalur. But anyway, yeah. Um, not to mention, one object also, getting back to it, reportedly followed the aircraft until almost landing. 
And they landed, they drop off their papers. Cargo plane took back off again. Television crew still on. One of the members got off, another member got on, but otherwise it was the same. And when the aircraft reached about 2,000 feet, boom, it encountered what appeared to be a light orb, very large. Not a jelly-like blob. No, sorry, once again, no jelly blobs. But this orb was right off the wing of the plane and tracked along with it for about 15 minutes while being filmed. Watched, tracked on radar, all that stuff. Recordings from the film crew, they're talking, you can hear them talking about what's going on, you can hear the pilots. And then a wave of sightings followed the initial report, and the Air Force Skyhawk, there was one of those put up on standby to investigate any possible sightings. That is an impressive note here. They perceived it as a possible threat, I would say, if the Air Force is scrambling planes. But since then, these orbs have appeared intermittently uh, since the initial date up until just a few years ago. They're still seen sporadically. That's kind of the, the the meat and potatoes of it. It's a hell of an event with a lot of proof or at least, well, there's proof something, something happened. Yeah, yeah. What could it have been? Was it investigated? And should we worry? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's all. Yes, yes, yes. That's all after this break on the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular. Stop it. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor and we use it. Rosetta Stone, they're the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, It's like, what are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> Uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Somewhere, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. And you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a 50% offer. So it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, a today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right, let's investigate this batch. Break it down. In a report submitted to the United Nations in January 1979, this is less than a month later, the Department of Scientific and Industrial Research classified the objects as UFOs until identified. Yes. You know, we don't know what that is, so it's unidentified. <laughs> it's just, that's just funny to me. It's a UFO until we know what it is, and then it stays a UFO. What? That's not how that works. Classified by the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> It's a UFO. Oh, my God, a UFO. I'm the UFO. <laughs> it's a UFO I can't identify. Ah! The prospect of extraterrestrial intervention being proved is regarded as extremely remote. So we have that quote because it's one of a large group of declassified documents regarding unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. At Archives New Zealand, New Zealand's only archive service. Archives New Zealand. <laughs> Servicing New Zealand, Cal State Fullerton, and parts of your Belinda. <laughs> <laughs> Come see our Nixon files. Uh, which came from New Zealand's post at the UN between 1977 and 1982. Mm-hmm. They have all been declassified and released to the public. So, you know, win for yeah. New Zealand, win for ufology. It's not every day you get reports like this with aircraft crew, radar people, film footage, all saying there was something there. Yeah, this has got some some pedigree to it, some 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 credibility, credibility, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Now, don't let that you know stop you from the naysayers saying I don't believe you or they're all on drugs, but you know, (laughs) which is really they all smoke doobies and then fog flashing lights. You're all on dope. Calm down, Mr. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> you kids are just on that devil's lettuce. <laughs> so, you know, that all that stuff makes us stand out yeah. from a lot of other reports throughout the years. In investigating all the turned over info, the DSIR, or the Department of Redundancy Department, <laughs> was able to debunk one piece of the film uh, of the event, but they couldn't do the same with the TV1's footage. Yeah. Yeah. So they did say that atmospheric conditions could explain false radar readings at the time of the sightings, where both Christchurch and Wellington air traffic control registered signals and said the readings weren't consistent with the sightings of pilots or ground sightings. Yeah. Yeah. Here, hit him with a quote from them. Let's see, let's, let's, let's try a very bad uh, New Zealand accent, shall we? DSIR not willing to make definite statements yet, but their conjecture. <laughs> is that the objects filmed will turn out to be no more than general illumination, possibly produced by Jupiter or Venus on the horizon. The objects remained classified as UFOs until identified. <laughs> Prospect of extraterrestrial intervention being proved is regarded as extremely remote. You don't say. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it was me. Sorry, I apologize man. to all of our New Zealand friends. <laughs> right? That's a lot better That's than so mine. Terrible. Or worse. 
<laughs> oh, it's extremely remote. <laughs> Just Joe. like us down here in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. From Christchurch and maybe Dunedin, <laughs> Milford South, yeah. Greymouth, all the all the hot spots. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't know you were such a linguist. Awesome. Well done. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this info was collected because after the sightings, the Royal New Zealand Air Force, the local police, the Carter Observatory in Wellington, they all cooperated in an investigation. Cooperation in a UFO matter? Oof. Say it ain't so. That's the fucking thing is what makes this stand out is people came forward and other people said, well, let's try to get to a scientific understanding of what was going on. Uh, I'm sure until the CIA got involved. <laughs> They're like, you said nothing. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, like we said, the, the result was recorded in the National Archives in Wellington. And those have been released. And guess what? What? New Zealand minister. Uh, that would be Ministry of Defense. Attributed the sightings to lights from squid boats reflected off clouds, unburnt meteors, or <laughs> lights from the planet Venus. Or trains and cars. Just swamp gas. Nothing to see here. Move your cheese muffins along. Yeah. Yeah. That, let me ask you something here. Now, did you say that these lights were observed uh, uh, repeatedly? Not only were they seen multiple times, then they've been seen through the years. And they were moving yeah. around, seemed to be under intelligent control. It wasn't like, look over there, there's a light. What is that? It was, look over there, there's that light. It's coming towards us. It's pacing us. Little things are dropping out of it. Now it's on the other side. It blinked and moved and came back up and things like that. So Swamp gas. Squid gas. Or squid. Yeah. Squid, squid boats. Squid gas. Squid. It's that damn squid, squid gas. Blah. Blah. <laughs> I don't know why squid gas sounds like that, but. Uh, squid gas. <laughs> Unburnt meteors that's a mm. uh, that's a hell of an excuse i didn't you used to be a roadie for unburnt meteors i i don't like to talk about it uh, but uh, yeah i i had a lot of a lot of good memories and uh right? had to take a lot of tests while i was doing <laughs> that <laughs> i was the i was the panty sweeper for the stage <laughs> of unburnt meteors <laughs> i got a 34b i'll take it um <laughs> I, I'm sorry that I'm just that's that's just uh, it works once guys if there was one sighting those excuses might might you know right. hold a little bit of water if it's going on for years decades even fuck off with that yep yep you're exactly right, right. you're exactly right so declassified documents with the CIA taken after the dispatch of a Lockheed P3 Orion to the area because I told you, you know, the CIA is getting involved. Uh, they went after the sightings, stated that the sightings were unique among civilian UFO reports because there was a large amount of documentary evidence, which includes uh, recollections of several witnesses, two tape recordings made during the sightings, uh, the detention of some unusual ground or the detection of unusual ground and airplane radar targets, and all that 16 millimeter Kalur film that they took. <laughs> All this means to me, and I'll take this or leave it because who am I, but all this means to me is that if there was something out there and if it was moving intelligently, it wasn't Venus. But what do I know? Uh, In fact, December 2010, the New Zealand military released a classified report on the incident under the Freedom of Information Act, which concludes the same thing as the CIA. Uh, That's a lot of crap saying they don't know what it was. What do the people involved say? Let's find out. They are still alive, all the people, and they have 
had a lot of crap because of this in their lives. We're going to hear from them uh, all these years later. That's coming up on the Stafford William Mortimer Murgatroyd Spectacular. From the mouths of babes, or at least those who experienced all this. Right. Was it a UFO? No. No. Said the skeptics. No, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what uh, that's what the man said. Yeah. Said it was Venus. Said it was squid boats. It was radar returns from a field of fucking cabbages. That's literally something. another one. Bunch of cabbages, yeah. Forty uh, odd years later, the two pilots and four passengers are adamant. It was none of the above shit. And since that is their belief, they are understandably frustrated at being unable to find answers. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be pissed. Right. But pilots Bill Startup and Bob Guard, these these last names, man. <laughs> Startup Guard, starting guard for the New Zealand UFOs, <laughs> Bill Bob. <laughs> Uh, they were on a, a newspaper run for the flight. Freelance cameraman David, are you kidding? Yeah, I know. I know. David Crockett. <laughs> yep. Um, and his wife, uh, the bar. Sorry, that's <laughs> no. He killed the bar yeah. when he was only three. His wife Inger. It's Nyree, actually, you schlubs. Who operated the audio tape recorder along with reporter Quentin Fogarty. I love this. I love every single person on here. I'm going to dance at all their weddings. And um, later, Dennis Grant, who is the, the least interesting. He's the, he's the odd man the out of the, the, the weird bunch. <laughs> Poor Dennis. Uh, they were all long to try and film a recreation when the damn thing showed back up, like we said. Yeah, so yeah. shortly, and this is this is their version, right? Yeah. Shortly after takeoff, the pilots say they notice strange lights appearing and disappearing over the Kaikoura coastline about 20 miles west of the aircraft. Oh, Brent, give us a Davy Crockett uh, quote here. <laughs> I, I don't know. What what does Davy Crockett sound like? I'm blanking. Oh, he's from Tennessee, so if that helps. Crikey. No. <laughs> He's like, while we was filming a stand-up uh, to camera. No, I can't do it that way. Um, oh. <laughs> while we were filming a stand-up to camera, whatever that means, Captain Bill Startup shouted to us that we should go to the flight deck immediately as something was happening again. Uh, hmm. That sounds nothing like a man from Tennessee. That's just me talking. He managed to film a rapidly moving bright white light. It's hard to make out, and it moves all over the place because the plane's bumpy, and the thing is moving. It kind of looks like... um. You know, there's like a light orb out there moving around. Hmm. You know, uh, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, his wife says, with the conversation coming through my headphones from the pilots and radar from Wellington, it all started to get very scary. Yeah, well, uh, understandably so, because they're like, it's coming right for you. You know, but in a... <laughs> In a in a more uh, New Zealand accent, she uh, she goes on to say, "I was able to stand up a couple of times and was able to see these bright lights coming and going." Quentin was a real mess and grabbed hold of both my hands and started shaking. I didn't have time to worry about myself; I had to help him. So that's noble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then the plane landed at Christchurch uh, to unload these newspapers, and the pilots asked the news team if they wanted to go back through the area they had traversed. She was too frightened, so she stayed in Christchurch. Yeah. But the others reboarded the plane, 
with uh, good old Dennis Grant in, in Gare's place, like badasses, <laughs> and uh, he had come to supply extra film for him and jumped in. Yeah. She was never heard from again. No, All right. Get off that. <laughs> she's, she's fine. Yeah. Um, so they they unloaded their stuff. The plane took off again at 2.16 a.m. In, in, in the morning. And boom, about three minutes after takeoff, three minutes. They are not this fucking, is, yeah. Like 2,000 feet, they said. As soon as they climbed like 2,000 feet, it's like, hey, the adventure begins again. Here I yeah, am. Yeah, they saw a bright round light to the right. Yeah. Um, I'll real it, quick point out. It was, it was Ky- like crescent shaped, and I see it almost every night now. Sometimes it's bigger. <laughs> sometimes, no, I don't know. <laughs> sometimes it's just a big dish. Yeah. I'll point out to you guys, uh, for those of you who are following along uh, with your maps, uh, Kaikura is just about dead middle of the ways between Wellington and Christchurch. Christchurch is uh, southwest of Kaikura, and three minutes after takeoff, you would be, I mean, you would barely have left Christchurch by that yeah. time. That's way away from where it was initially sighted. Yeah, and this is probably like a turboprop. These aren't gigantic yeah. planes. They're not flying at super fast speeds. That's a, that's a good point. So, um Radar uh, on the airplanes showed mm-hmm. a target in the same direction, about 18 nautical miles. And Fogarty can be heard saying on camera, let's hope they're friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, crossed. bitch. <laughs> you Cro- better hope. Cross your tentacles, yeah. <laughs> uh, Davy Crockett filmed mm-hmm. the light for several minutes as it appeared to travel along with the plane. And when the plane moved... The light moved with it, reacting to their changes in course. Um, I'm not going to be an asshole and say that was just a, a reflection from a light on the inside <laughs> on the window. <laughs> uh oh, yeah, it's moving with us. Oh, well, when I take right this light out of here, it disappears. It's got to be something to do with that. They react just like that bastard in my bathroom on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> He's mocking me. Anyway, uh, no sad excuse. But uh, Fogarty says. Just being on the cramped, noisy flight deck of the Argosy barreling down the coast in the dead of night was exciting. Factor in a row of pulsating, hypnotic lights hovering outside the window, and I just jizzed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says it goes to another level, but you you know what I mean. What do you think, Brent? 3 a.m.? It's uh, it, That's squid boating time? Yeah, you know. It's, Is that it's, proper squid boat? It's prime. Uh, well, it, the, the cabbages are dormant, so... You know, it had to be squid boats. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) After they landed at Woodbourne Airport at about 3 a.m., the group stayed at the two pilots' home in Blenheim. Yeah. Uh, Blenheim. Um, Let me see. Where is, what is it, Woodbourne? Blenheim. Yeah, Blenheim. I keep calling Blenheim. Oh, that's, uh, okay. So um, where they landed is north of Kaikura and just like um, west-southwest of Wellington, um, almost near the north, right on the northwestern, or sorry, northeastern coast. Yeah. Um, near Picton, which is where the ferry goes over from Wellington. So that is, uh, that that's that's a ways away from Kaikura and all, and Christ, it's certainly Christchurch. Just trying yeah. to. Yeah, well, I mean, guys, because you know they're it's such a remote area. They're 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 flying the newspapers for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
so startup, uh, uh, Captain Startup, whatever his name is, yeah. uh, his his daughter Tracy Moore uh, remembers her father coming home in the middle of the night. She says everyone at, was at our house talking about it in the middle of the night. They were talking about lights, unexplained radar. At one point, I remember Dad saying it might be a good idea to report it to the police. It was during the Cold War. There was a bit of paranoia mm-hmm. around. Mum said, you can't sit on this information. Uh, and she says it was scary at the time. It was a big unknown thing that had happened, and we had all the adults around discussing it. There were certainly no jokes being made. That's important that, the, the, you know, the, it's at least a testament to their their minds at the time, you know, going back over the yeah. thing. And they were all so had their adrenaline up that they all went back to one of their, the pilot's houses and, and like talked about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fogarty interviewed the pilots before flying to Melbourne to give the recordings to channel zero. And the, this footage featured on primetime news that night. Uh, and then there's a longer documentary piece screened later. That's all it took. And the world found out about this and boom, people blamed, like we said, Venus drugs, cabbages, all that stuff. You know, and <laughs> cabbages. Is I want to start blaming cabbages for other sightings. Exactly. Uh, the government ordered an inquiry by the Air Force, which concluded that the sightings could have been explained by natural but unusual phenomena, which is something that we call conspiracy bat. Leonard Lee, <laughs> this cat traveled to U.S. to give the film to Bruce Maccabee, an optical physicist who specialized in laser technology and worked for the U.S. Navy in Maryland, Virginia. He's also had flown to New Zealand and Melbourne to interview witnesses. He concluded the involved the events involved unknown objects or phenomena fitting the definition of UFOs. That's a big uh, feather in the hat. He said, one would think that the conclusion that several of the sightings involved identified flying objects flying with immunity, or I'm sorry, impunity in the New Zealand airspace would have been sufficient to start an even deeper study of UFOs, but it wasn't. The sightings were relegated to the dis- dustbin of history, forgotten by all except the witnesses and a few ufologists who discussed the various sightings and events uh, years afterward. That sounds familiar, or at least we were told there's nothing to see here because they either A, already knew what it was, or B, we're going to investigate it under the radar, so to speak. Don't you feel yeah, like that's yeah. kind of the, the the reaction to all that stuff? For sure. And at you know, the more you hear these stories and look at the the history of this kind of stuff, the more that, that you you people aren't just like, oh my god, yeah, of course they. People are now like, yep, that tracks. That's what a government would do. You know, yep. like it does not surprise me at all. Yeah, it doesn't anger me really either. I, I guess because it's like <laughs> they're not gonna. Uh, ring all the church bells and and be like everybody fucking hide the yeah the, the aliens are here right yeah let's uh have some decorum or whatever you want to say and <laughs> play it off as nothing to see here you looky lose yeah 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 um uh, speaking with the people on there Quentin Fogarty said the level of initial skepticism both surprised and at times overwhelmed me I certainly did not expect to be accused of hoaxing the whole thing that cut deep it still does. <laughs> <laughs> you cut me deep. You cut deep. The local daily tabloid in Melbourne branded me as a UFO reporter, and that stuck for a short time, but did not take long for me to be back on my old role as TV journalist reporting on more mundane matters. Meaning, if you ever bring anything that that makes everyone rocks the boat, so to speak, 
instead of taking a serious look at it, it's easier to just go, oh, dumb. No. Oh, sure. That bothers yeah. my sensibilities. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> that's how you have to say it. Sensibilities. And uh, the, yeah, and then you're, you got an out. Yeah. I, there are plenty of stories out there you can do that with, and I would not feel bad about doing yeah. that with. But this one has, uh, like we said, a lot of credibility. There's There should be evidence yeah. to this around, which I haven't asked you about yet because I trust you that you're going to tell us about that later. <laughs> well, I mean, these guys were listed in a lot of the things I looked at as UFO hunters, not reporters. So yeah, we had film, yeah. our own eyewitness accounts, and confirmation from the flight crew and air traffic controllers that we had stumbled onto something astonishing. 40 years down the track, and this is still unfinished business. Boom. Mm. <laughs> Bill Startup, pilot Bill, told the documentary that they didn't listen in 2009. What it was all those years ago, I wish I knew. People can think what they want, but they were not in the aircraft. Truth. Bob Gard is a little more guarded now. Hey, oh. <laughs> One of the issues for me is we were just doing our job. We suddenly had to justify ourselves. We don't know what the hell it was. We didn't expect to see anything. It was a bit tense as it got closer to the aircraft. I got over it. Have I ever seen anything like that again? No, I haven't. Do I believe in UFOs? No, I don't. Pilots see a lot of <laughs> unidentified flying objects. Would I tell anyone if I saw anything like that again? No, I wouldn't. It's not worth the hassle. Have wow. you seen anything like that since? No. Would you tell me if you had? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a practical answer, I feel yeah. like. Then you got Nagar. That is someone who is tired right. of that shit. Yeah, just like I don't want, you know what? I'm out doing the whole dealer yep. hand thing, you know? Just Yep. Uh, Nagar, who divorced it's David Kraken not long Jesus. after the event, said that uh, when asked if the documentaries and reports had changed her life, she said, I guess it did. We had phone call after phone call and people knocking on the door. David, the reporter, became so obsessed with the doco, the document, documentary they were doing. It was all they talked about. I switched off as we had five children and it wasn't. A, it was affecting our lives so much that they got divorced because of it. Uh, David, on the other hand, said, to this very day, the incident has never left my mind. I'm also reminded of the event by people who come up to me and say, saw you the other night on the Discovery or Science Channel. The effect this historic sighting has had on all of us has certainly included a fair amount of stress. As for me, I was sleepless for several nights, and after having performed several overseas lectures on this sighting, became quite depressed. And they said that that lasts a long time. It substantially changed my life. At the time in the history of the UFO phenomenon, skeptics thought we were crazy and criticized us in many ways. In 1978, most persons would not seriously consider that these are real objects and may even originate from other planets. And then uh, finally, Dennis Grant was the, he got on when Naguerre got off. So he was on there for the second leg of this. He actually spent a lot of time collecting research to figure out what had really happened that night. He's the youngest. He's only 66 now. So he was, he was like, you know, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. The results are overwhelmingly unhelpful in explaining the lights and what they were doing in the lonely summer skies of New Zealand. 40 years on, I'm still very curious. My grandkids love to hear the story of my brush with UFOs. I just wish I could provide an ending. I was a young journalist back then, fired with zeal of telling stories untold, and I helped tell this story. But the rest of the world, the scientists, the officials, the military, and status is all for me. The media were all consumed with indifference and curious. That's uh, one of the things that people, I think people hear about and they just, I don't think we can understand without going through how much it affects people's lives to come forward with this. If, if it's not um, 
just assholes who are closed-minded and think they they know best harassing them. It's people who believe it's the opposite. It would be people who uh, really take this seriously, mm-hmm. believe it, want everything, every piece of information they can. They they that's just well, it may not be quite as uh, harassing as the the people who are making fun of them, of course, right. but. It's a level of harassment that uh, people shouldn't have to deal with, and then that's and then there's the media. Yeah, you you never want to have to be in a position where you're like, please believe me, you know. Yeah. And when yeah. you're really telling the truth, and like you know, even people you know are just like, mm. I've had things happen, not even like crazy shit, and be like, people, nah, I don't believe you. I'm like, sure. I'm not a liar. Like I would understand if you're like, I catch you in lies all the time. That's not me. So then, like, why would you throw shade or doubt? It it bugs me. Um, yeah. And I'm yeah. sure that I, unfortunately, do it to people, too. I am not, you know, <laughs> playing the martyr here. I'm just saying it is it is frustrating and frustrating for everyone. It is. And it's so, I, I don't know, just to, to decide that you know. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's what blows my mind because I'm, I'm so open to reviewing evidence and listening to claims and just trying to think in my head, you know, what, what would make the most logical sense? What's reasonable about this that I hate. Yeah. I hate being like, no, you're wrong. No, couldn't have happened. That's why there's this podcast. I like whose tagline is the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. (laughs) Who's this? Uh, I'm going to have to subscribe and share this. It's a, cafeteria something i'm not sure <laughs> oh okay well that sounds uh, dumb so anyway have you look. guys ever seen lights in the sky or had anyone if you're in an experience and people said nah, i don't believe you i'd love to hear about them you can tell us by well tweet to us at hysteria 51 pod facebook.com slash hysteria 51 pod that's our regular page or one of the easiest ways just go on facebook look up hysteria nation that's our discussion group voicemail 773-669 Seven two seven seven again seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven or go on Patreon patreon.com slash stare fifty one get this and all other episodes uh now free not free uh uh ad free uh with your experience on there and you can find all these links on hysteria a five one dot com while they're going to places, where can they go to find your other shenanigans? You can uh, look up Blurry Photos episodes. Just search Blurry Photos uh, podcast anywhere. And uh, trivia, quiz, quiz, bang, bang. And um, bang, bang. Yeah. We are uh, still waiting to hear about getting distribution for the film. Nice. Um, it's it's frustrating to to wait hey you got it done you're just trying to figure out how you can get it yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty cool we got to figure out how to get it out to the masses yeah absolutely uh, and and our kickstarter backers so yeah still still waiting unfortunately but it's uh hopefully the the wheels are still in sight so that's awesome well yeah kids let us know and if you ever been to new zealand uh and uh you want to tell us how much more fun you had there than David? Feel free to. <laughs> With Impossible. that said, I've been Brent. I've been David. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it?
Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.